What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello and good day to you. This is episode number 149, and I am your host, JPB. This episode is inspired by true events. Uh, Something I've noticed in the last year or so is that traffic seems worse than ever. And traffic is a common stressor, so because this has been on my mind, and I think we can all share in the... um, experience of traffic being a stressor, I want to talk a little bit about it. It's not because there is more of it, but because of the way people are navigating the roads and seem to have higher levels of tunnel vision. So let's get into it. When we are in a state of stress, when that sympathetic side of our nervous system is activated, that fight or flight response dilates your pupils, letting more light in, so that you can see your surroundings better, detecting threat. If stress is heightened, your body produces a high amount of adrenaline. That can cause tunnel vision also, even though your pupils are dilated. There are so many different things that can happen with your vision. Uh, This is when your peripheral vision shrinks, leaving you feeling like you can only see straight in front of you. This is a frequent occurrence in panic or anxiety attacks. Stress can affect the vision in so many ways, but what I am talking about here is attentional tunnel vision. So when I'm talking about tunnel vision, talking about how our attention narrows to what is right in front of us, our immediate needs, our immediate goals, and tunnel vision is defined in this way as one's tendency to focus on a single goal or point of view. So with that, Our focus narrows in this tunnel vision of our attention, and we have a rigid perspective of the information around us. We become the center of our own attention. What we need in that moment is our is our where our attention is, and this is the most important goal: is whatever we need in that moment. This was useful and still is in a survival situation. But when we are living in a constant state of chronic stress and activation of that stress response from daily stressors that we don't address, we end up with an overwhelmed system and our stress threshold is overflowing. Our chronic stress overwhelms overwhelms our coping mechanisms and our fight or flight freeze response kicks in. So when this happens and our survival state is constant, we are more irritable. Everything seems urgent and we are hyper-focused on what we need in that moment, how I'm feeling, what I need, and I need it now without much thought about what others might need or what experience others might be having. When the fear response is active, the uh, amygdala is active. That's a part in our brain that we kind of hear about a lot. It's our emotional kind of gateway our emotional processing. Um, and that has a lot to do with, with our fear response. And this encourages, when this is active, it encourages aggression and defensive behavior. 
And the frontal cortex that is responsible for reason and problem solving can be harder to access. Research shows that meditation and mindful practices, including gratitude, can actually decrease the activation of the amygdala, meaning that you are less likely to be activated and sent into a threat state as easily. It means that there might be more of a pause, a moment to choose your response instead of reacting with automatic patterns um, in that survival state. All of this comes to mind whenever I am driving. You might be asking where traffic comes into this. We're getting there. So when I'm driving, uh, lately I've noticed kind of post-pandemic lockdown specifically, that drivers are more aggressive and less aware of what's going on around them and seem to have much more urgency. Every time, without exaggerating, every time I am on the freeway, there are people who stop in the lane they're in, mostly in the middle lane. They stop and turn on their signal to change into one of the other lanes. Instead of merging into the lane when there is space, They just stop in the middle of the freeway and turn on their turn signal and expect that every other person on the freeway at that time accommodate their immediate needs. And so if this is you, I would like to say that this is unacceptable behavior. If you can't merge into the lane that you are, that you need to be in, you have to find another way to get there or turn around, problem solve. Instead of making your problem, everyone else's, because you need this thing right now. You need to be in this place right now. And how that affects others isn't a consideration. Yes, this is a bit of a rant. It is something that just, uh, you know, gets my goat or whatever other expression there is. So there is this one place in my commute where two freeways merge, and there is a long ramp with two lanes, and you know how merging works. One car goes and then another car goes from the other lane. And this continues like a zipper as all of the cars and two lanes merge into one lane. This is what merging is. But almost every single time I am in this merging of freeways, there is someone next to me who refuses to merge. Like they're concerned that I'm trying to get ahead of them and The story that I tell myself is that this person is so concerned with someone getting ahead of them because they feel like there's some kind of threat there because they have a sense of urgency and focus on what they need in this moment and feel like someone else, if someone else goes ahead of them, they are somehow like getting screwed out of their space. And now I don't know that that's what's going on in that person's head. Probably not because we never know what's happening in someone's head. We just make up stories about it. But that is how I make sense of it. What I do know is that almost every time I am trying to merge in this location, there is someone next to me who speeds up and nearly hits my car in an attempt to not let me merge. And I will say explicitly here, in case you're wondering, no, I am not out of place. There was one car from my lane, another from the other lane, and then I attempt to merge behind that person and the person that would, in a merging situation, be behind me, is there, and so goes the merging process. That person speeds up to disrupt the merging process. And now, it might be that these folks just don't know the traffic rules and how merging works. This could make sense for new drivers. But the age range is later adults, so um, I am skeptical about this. And because my head is always in the nervous system and stress response, what I see are people hyper-focused on their urgent needs. 
unable to widen their focus outside of their own immediate space and needs. And this makes so much sense to me because we just spent three years in an immense amount of uncertainty, tragedy, and collective trauma that hasn't really been largely addressed on a wide scale. We're kind of just like, oh, that was weird, back to normal, like nothing happened, and we can we can forget all about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But nothing is the same as it was. That changed how we live. It changed how we think about things. It changed our perception of the world. But this is how we tend to deal with most things. We cope and we try to move past the stress, the trauma, the feelings, fill in the blank. We try to move past these things without being present with them, without acknowledging the event and how it actually affected us. Out of sight, out of mind. But that is not how your body or mind work. Those things are just pushed to where the unprocessed stress and trauma live inside of us until it moves into a space of pain, tension, chronic fatigue, disease, anxiety, and the list goes on to try to process on its own. So we are here post-collective trauma time where we have experienced terrible uncertainty, potential life-threatening circumstances where we were literally separated from one another for fear of contracting a potentially deadly virus. And now we haven't addressed any of that. We're still here in a threat state. We are closed off to connecting with others and hyper-focused on our own urgent needs. We are irritable and feeling resentful and angry and hopeless because our needs are not being met. So we show up in our cars in traffic, which is pretty annoying anyways, in elevated states of stress that turns something mildly annoying and inconvenient into a cause of rage and need to find a reason, something or someone to blame. And the asshole who is trying to get in front of you in this line of traffic seems like a good person to focus that energy on because, you know, fuck them. So with a more regulated nervous system, or even the tools to help in immediate stressful situations, we can create some space to choose how we want to respond. We can think more clearly, more rationally, and assess the situation differently. Recognizing that merging is what happens when one car from each lane proceeds forward one after another. And then you can recognize that no one is trying to get ahead of you and screw you out of your spot in line. It is, in fact, just the process of merging. So if you know somebody who does this, please pass this on. I have been thinking about this for many, many months now, and just watching as this continues to get worse. And I could choose just to think uh, everyone is an idiot or obviously a raging asshole, but uh, like with most things, if everyone else is the problem, it might be you. So I was thinking about what this, what this is. And it is what I think about every time I see this is just the level of dysregulation, the levels of chronic stress that are creating these um, urgent, irritable reactions and the, the kind of road rage reactions. So with that, and the fact that I am just always looking through the, the lens of stress, I see that people are overwhelmed. They are under-resourced. We don't have a general understanding of how to regulate and self-soothe outside of coping with constant scrolling on our phones and binge-watching TV and eating food that makes us feel good and booze, boozing up, you know, like a 1950s something with that. 
But uh, we try and drink away, eat away our problems, ignore them, which in the long run makes the stress worse. So take a breath, count to six, take a few more breaths and breathe out twice as long as you're breathing in, and then pause and choose how you want to respond. This is useful uh, for me when I see all of this traffic fuckery. And sometimes I am irritated by it. Sometimes I'm not. And I just think about these, the, the situation, the stressful situation that people are in. And sometimes I'm like, mm, this is super annoying. And then I use my breath as a tool to calm myself down because me getting worked up about other people getting worked up is not useful for anyone. So use your breath. It is the most incredible tool we have to direct both our psychology and our physiology, our mind and our body. It is an anchor tool. That's all for today. A solid take on traffic, some brain things, some breathing things, uh, tie together tools for brain, body, and breath balance. All right, we will do this again. I hope that you have a beautiful week. And until then, I am out of here.